Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the exciting science behind HRV and how you can apply it to your own health and the work that you do. Just a note, this podcast does not replace medical advice, and if you're going to apply this to your own life or others, please consult with a medical provider. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. Uh, my name is Jeff Summers, co-founder of Optimal HRV, with, uh, here with my partner in crime, co-founder, Matt Bennett. Hey, Jeff. Matt, how are you doing? Oh, living the COVID life, man. Living there the COVID go. life. <laughs> well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be weird, man. When this episode uh, is published, it's going to be, um, what, right after Thanksgiving, I guess. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, it's going to be a very strange holiday season. Yes, for probably all of our listeners. A lot of uncertainty. That's been sort of the theme of these intro conversations. Hopefully, if you're listening to us in like 2025, every the world's just a wonderful place. <laughs> Hopefully, in 2021, that's the yeah. case. Hopefully, we don't have to wait five years for that, right? Ho- hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's right. Well, hope yeah. Hopefully, uh, you and and Sarah had uh, a nice holiday and yes. Um, you, you and your family as well. Yeah, it was much smaller than originally normally would have planned it to be, but uh, that's yes. okay. Yeah. <laughs> With the progress of these vaccines, hopefully there'll be a lot, uh, a lot of progress in the not too distant future. Absolutely. That's it. Well, hey, we've, uh, we've spent a lot of time dedicated to kind of going chapter by chapter, um, you know, discussing themes, major themes in the book, uh, HRV book that, that, that you published man, has it been four months ago now? Yeah. Um, hard to believe, but we're, we're, we're coming to the end and, and we're kind of the last chapter um, is really on leadership and, yeah. and how HRV applies to folks that are leading teams, leading organizations, you know, it can be small, it can be large, it really doesn't matter. The same, the same concepts apply. So I think this is a, a very different um, application of HRV that not a lot of people have thought about. Right. And so I think it's very powerful and it's something that really excites me. And I know you're in the same boat. So, uh, you know, maybe just kind of help people understand why as a leader, it's important that they need to be paying attention to something like a biometric. Um, yeah. To, well, that, that's, to that, that's job. the real interv- in a, innovation that I believe our, our app allows is, you, you know, there, there's sort of an analogy that other apps have used uh, out there that focus on athletics. So, if, if you think about it, so let's use that and that let's build that up because you know in the nonprofit world we we talk I mean self-care is becoming more and more of an issue because research says we are a mess uh, and I'd love to see like your business experience uh, with this as well but if if you think about what is the athletic world is doing is that again when we talk about HRV being a sign that you're handling or recovering from stress that, that you're doing a good job high HRV, uh, shows that your body is handling or recovering well from stress. Now, for, for a, a coach, for the most part, even though, you know, I don't know, you hear those statistics is, it's, you know, 99% psychology, 1% uh, physical. Uh, as, as a guy who had a vertical leap of a cow, I, I, I really, uh, <laughs> I never believe that. And I'm a psychology major. So uh, I'm like, no, there, there's some physical things. If my vertical leap was a little higher than a cow's, 
can jump. Uh, I, I think I, I might uh, have gone somewhere else besides Lindsey Wilson, but but love you, Blue Raiders. Uh, you, you know, so so you you look at that, and and so a coach before practice could look at, or you know, leading up to a game, could look at the team's HRV score and know how how far to push the team collectively, but also may, maybe an individual there needs more rest. May, maybe somebody, uh, you know, for, for whatever reason, maybe struggling with early symptoms of uh, uh, disease, uh, like a cold even, something that simple. But maybe, you know, just they, they played a lot of minutes in the last game and haven't fully recovered. Even maybe it's two days later and they've not fully recovered. Um, you know, interesting enough, maybe, you know, a few of them went out drinking the night before. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, you know, we were, we're in the COVID era. It's like, why are these 18 and 19-year-old kids just staying in their dorm rooms and playing football? Like, because they're 18 <laughs> 19-year-olds. So, because they're so, in college. So it, yeah, but it really gives the coach an ability to say, okay, how far can I push individuals? And what should I expect from my team today in practice? And so, so there's this ability to really craft what you're doing that day or around heart rate variability. Now, in, in the business world, it's a little bit different because no matter what, you know, you could, as a coach, cancel practice. And, you know, even I, the, some of the good coaches I had, uh, you know, my dad did this. He's my basketball coach. And I won't get into that because that's a whole traumatic history there. <laughs> but, you know, there, there'd be some days, and I think my dad would catch himself after maybe a tough loss or a tough game. It's like he put up the volleyball nets and just said, today we're playing volleyball. You know, and he kind of like say, I'm done with y'all. You're playing volleyball today. And we were terrible <laughs> at playing volleyball. But it, it changed the energy. We kind of needed First. that psychologically to recover as well. In the business world, you got to show up and do your work. And in, in the, if you're in a health clinic or you're doing, uh, you know, uh, running a homeless shelter, you, you got to show up for work. So, so it's a little bit different than the analogy, but as a leader, what the metric really gives you, uh, if you look at the daily readings of the teams you supervise, really gives you a metric is, is how is my team? How are my folks doing today? And we, we talked about this in the last podcast so much better than one of those surveys we give out every six months or every year, right? I'm not against those surveys. In fact, I like employee satisfaction or engagement surveys. I think they're very valuable, but, but they, they're just too big of a gap between that feedback that a leader gets. So on one hand, you can track daily is, how are my folks doing? And again, it allows you then to ask questions if they're not doing good, if they're performing. And this is where that population norm really comes into play is, you know, how's my team? If I have a team of, let's just say 30 people for a nice round number, that's enough data to say, you know, while the individual, there might be a lot of genetic differences, 30 people, you know, the baseline average of those 30 people gives you a really nice metric to measure them against. And so as a leader, as I enact things to improve the productivity or the health of, of my workforce, I, I should see impacts on HRV. You know, if we're doing a wellness program, if we're, uh, you know, maybe doing some preventative medical stuff, if we're trying to build morale up and we go out for a retreat, uh, we, we should see some improvements over time. So, so it just gives you the metrics of how the team is doing. And we talked a little bit last time as well, is that if you know you have a staff that's struggling 
HRV gives you a way to really start to look at burnout and other uh, negative consequences of work stress. So if, if I've got somebody burned out and nothing's going on in their personal life, because, you know, that's going to show up as well in, in HRV, you know, it gives me a chance to really sit down and strategize with the person to say, okay, how are we going to get you back up to your baseline? How, what is the plan to do it and then measure that approach and really be strategic about it. Um, you know, what, one of the things I think about, we do this out in Colorado is, you know, sometimes, you know, we're going to take a ski vacation. Well, ski vacations can wreck your HRV. One, because you're, you're doing really hard workouts each day if you're pushing yourself. Two, you're probably eating and drinking uh, stuff uh, at a different rate than you normally would. So really being strategic, okay, maybe you just... Sure. You know, on a weekend, you know, you need to just take two days to crash on the couch, right? Just to have that recovery. And then maybe going on long walks, being in nature, a lot of the self-care things we found. So it gives a chance to really support people uh, from that, that position. And then the other thing that I'm really fascinated with, and I think this will be controversial when I say it, and I, I, I just, I teased it in, in the last episode is I really believe you've got a you've got a leader, a manager supervising thirty people. I believe that your the HRV score against population norms is should be a metric to measure your effectiveness as a leader. Um, now it's one measure. It should not in any way, shape, or form be the because you you could have the happiest team in the world if they're not doing anything. Not good, right? So, so along with <laughs> pro productivity <laughs> scores, because we know for the athletic analogy we're using, if the, the team is recovered, if they have ready, if their HRV shows everybody's in green, they're going to perform better on the field, on the court, where, wherever they're at. Um, the same thing with your employees. If your collective reading's in green, you know, there's plenty of data, and we hope to collect a lot more of it over the next few years, to show that they're they're in their prefrontal cortex, they're emotionally regulated. In other words, they brought their best self uh, to work today. So so it's really really looking at it from that perspective uh, of you know is this leader um, how how are their team doing? And if overall you see that this team is struggling, you know hopefully then the system will support the leader in strategizing about how to bring this group back up to the population norm or to outperform it. Uh, but the, I see this as a real potential competitive advantage um, for organizations that, that decide uh, to implement this. Um, in the helping professions, again, I, I, I mentioned this, but I can't say it enough. Physicians, number one, nurses, two, social service, social workers, uh, uh, three, teachers, uh, and principals, four and five. Um, we're in a mess of, in terms and, of burnout. And, yeah. And so we need to, and that was before COVID and we know yeah, COVID, right. like, again, I made got, it even worse. Yes. My bedroom is now a first grade classroom. And if you know a teacher and you're listening to this and you're listening to during, just, just tell a teacher, thank you. Uh, cause they're, they're working their butts off right now to, to really mm. get this. But, you know, this is just, this is terrible. We, we cannot let this be our reality where, people that we have in so critical positions are being devastated by the work they do. So we're losing teachers at a massive rate. We're going to have a crisis as soon as the baby boomers really start retiring in mass, which is starting to happen during COVID. Um, yep. we're, we're in trouble uh, because education 
you know, uh, a lot of people are leaving the field. The, the same thing you see, I, I heard just something yesterday here in Colorado, nurses are starting to leave the medical field in the yeah. same type of way. I, I think a social worker and social service type just, you know, uh, we'll, we'll take the punishment, but you know, there's only so much we can take too, or we're going to move up to those higher positions. So, you know, you know, when I look at my, the folks that, uh, you know, make up the majority of people in my training, we, we've got to start to really see this as an emergency. And what I hope is that HRV initially can say, this is how bad we're at, because all the data shows <laughs> We are a train wreck. So I would expect if I went into a, let's just say, you know, a bigger hospital here and we did HRV across that hospital, it would be horrible. It, it, would, it would disgust everybody to see that the healers and helpers in the hospital are performing so terribly, but we don't want to get stuck there. The goal is then say, okay, this is not acceptable um, we know that this is probably what you'd get in any hospital. So don't spend a lot of time just being, oh, we're terrible. What are you going to do to start to change healthcare, change social services, change education to show, hey, we can have healthy staff doing this work. And, and again, then our students get better services, um, our patients, our clients. Um, we're going to see this uh, really save us money and improve our outcomes over time. So again, I, you know, I don't want to like go in and say, okay, hospital administrators should all be fired if their HRV is underperforming. No, because we would assume it's going to be, but then start to look at it as what's the goal? Is it a 5% increase every quarter, right? You know, you can yeah. really be strategic with it because it's such a quantifiable number. Right. What's the trend? Yeah. I mean, and if you look at leadership, um, you know, obviously you're responsible for the organization, you're responsible for providing the best service product, you know, whatever type of organization it is that, that you lead or team that you lead. Um, you know, but there's also the, 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 you know, there's the human side of it. You want your people to be happy and you want to be motivated and you want all those things, but there's also the, the, the business side of things. And, yeah. you know, most people don't think of biometrics as a way that, uh, as a, as a metric to, or a way to track, um, ROI, return on investment. Right. And if you look at most organizations, especially in the helping world, one of the biggest costs is churn, is yeah. burnout, is people Absolutely. leaving because, you know, they, they just can't handle the stress anymore. And, and not only does productivity suffer when your HRV is low, but the, you know, we talked about it in the last episode, burnout is, is real. And yeah. being able to prevent that, being able to keep people happy, keep them motivated, have a, have a quantifiable way to understand where they're at, to your point, can save you money. It can make you more money. It can Absolutely. you know do all the things that as a manager you need to be, or leader, you need to be paying attention to. So there's right. there's the human side of it, but there's also the business side of it. And HRV can, can actually give you really good feedback on both, which is very yeah. cool. Well, and, and I, I'm so glad you brought up turnover because, you know, it's, you know, in the healthcare field, because, you know, there, there's been, you know, a lot of research backing up. It costs at least a million dollars to replace a physician. It costs around 50000 to replace a nurse. I mean, you just, you know, and, and again, we've got number one, number two for the professions experiencing uh, burnout. So, you know, just think about if we could, if we could reduce turnover by, you know, 25%, you know, it may, it may save a hospital 
tens of millions of dollars. You, you know, Absolutely. I mean, it very quickly, something that costs you less than a, a you know, a dollar a day, uh, significantly less than a dollar a day, uh, can, can really, you know, uh, save, have a huge return on investment. So, you know, and then from that leadership <clears throat> perspective too, it's like, you know, as you mentioned with biometrics, this is new, you know, this is going to be innovative for folks. And it's the, that of how do we implement this in a way where, you know, it is not punitive for the staff. That's right. I mean, that, that's yep. going to be a challenge because, you know, again, if somebody's, you know, if you look at a team of 30 people and two people are struggling, but everybody else is doing good, it really gives us the ability to hone in and say, okay, how can we help these two people? And it, I would imagine a lot of that might be stuff's going on in their home life. So they're, they're struggling in other ways. And again, that's not my business necessarily as a manager. And if they're coming to work and producing and not hurting morale, you know, that there's limited, you know, ethically, there's limited concern that I should have. Um, and maybe genetically, there's something going on there, but also sure. it allows me and, and, you know, to say, hey, is there any way I can help you out with whatever's going on, you know, is let's yeah, talk about off. your score. And if you trust me as a leader, you might disclose, you know, I'm going through a divorce or, you know, I've been drinking My more mom than mom is you sick or. Yeah. And I, and I know that that's more probably in the helping professions where we have maybe more robust supervision, but, you know, I want to get that person help, you know? Yeah. I want to make sure that my clients are getting the best of that person, but, you know, you know, I, I've encouraged probably at this point, hundreds of people to, to seek their own mental health counseling. It's, it's okay. You know, I always yeah, like to think about if your, if your personal life is impacting your work performance, go, go get mental health services. If your work stress is impacting your personal life, go get mental health services. That, that's what we're here for. Uh, you know, and, and, and why carry on? Because to me, self-care, and I'm, I'm really working on my wordage of this, is like, yeah, one of it is to give your best as you, as you can at work, but you also, your work should not be impacting your life outside of it as well. So, so really thinking, and as leaders, you know, I think staff are desperate, and there's research to show this, to, that you care about who they are outside of work and how their life, their quality of life as well. Now, again, I think in the business world, there may be some evolution to, to sort of get there. But, you know, I've never had a staff balk at me when I've suggested, hey, let's, let's look at this. And most of the organizations I work for had an employee assistance program or insurance where they could get very cheap or free uh, mental health services, which was always you know, a benefit, uh, you know, so, so it's like, again, it's not my job as a, even as a trained therapist, I'm not your therapist as your supervisor. And I made that line very clear. And, you know, I had to watch out for that because in our fields, you know, it, it, it can go back and forth, but, you know, get, get some help. Well, you got six free sessions um, with your employee assistance program. A lot of folks do. You will be amazed what a therapist can do with six sessions. So don't have this uh, New York Freudian sort of mindset that you have to be in therapy like Woody Allen for 30 years and still be very screwed up. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think <laughs> well, that, it gives us sense. a way to support people. And we want that prefrontal cortex in every job to be on board and, and ready to go. So well, and that makes total sense. And if you think about your job as a leader, you know, you're, you're working with people who are you know, providing services or, or care for their patients or their clients. Well, you know, you're sort of doing the same thing. You're working for 
the people that work for you. Your, your, yep. your job is to, to enable them to do their best and be their best. Yep. And ultimately that is going to make your organization great. And, yep. and, and so how do you do that? Obviously you give them the tools from a training standpoint, from a support standpoint, um, you know, tactically to do their jobs well, Right. But you have to support them as people too. You know, yep. you have to make sure that they're as, as healthy as they can be to stay motivated, to be productive, to be happy. Yep. And that's what's best for them. And if that's what's best for them, that's what's best for their patients. Yes. And ultimately that's what's best for the entire organization. So right. it doesn't make sense to talk about this in a, a client or, you know, caregiver client or caregiver patient um, standpoint without also talking about it from a leadership standpoint and, and how you you promote what you provide to your employees as well. Yeah. Well, and I wonder kind of how you, because I mean, I look at your job historically being in sales and you have just in many ways uh, uh, as relational of a job, different obviously as, as I've ever had. Like, you know, I imagine at least that if people like you as a salesperson, they're, they're more likely at least to listen to you um, sure. with that. You know, I, I think a lot of people like get turned off because we all think of used car sales people and, or, yep. or regular car sales people, <laughs> you know, uh, when we think about, it. but you know, you, you, high pressure salespeople. Cause I've known some good car salespeople as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to stereotype any, any different profession here, but you That's know, lo looking at that is, is really when we talk about return on investment, I know you close big deals like like some of the with the the the, um, the systems and software you sell uh, which i'm probably not even using the right language here but you you know the the, the those are huge at some point uh big ticket items for you know big companies to get and you know what, what if your hrv of your sales force is you you can increase that by 10 oh, of course the efficacy you of the know? meetings going up i mean right. you know if, if you get somebody's best 10 percent more of the time and and that leads to you know one one call that wouldn't have gone well that does you know and it's 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 not because they're not to your point i mean this is what we've been talking about the whole series it's not because they're not trying right it's just because in that moment they're not able and yeah. and maybe they missed something that uh uh, a, a potential client or customer says that had they picked up on would have changed the conversation in a different direction and, yep. and taken it into a, a more positive outcome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you look at really any job, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's sales, whether it's, I mean, just a 10, 15, 20% increase in productivity is a game changer. And, yeah. you know, a 10, 15% reduction. I mean, salespeople, there's a huge churn in salespeople and all another expensive profession to replace Yes. So if you're a leader and you can figure out a way to not only get more from your people, but also keep your people longer on average, you know, the return on investment there is, is huge. And you right. know, to your point, a, a platform like ours costs less than a dollar a day per person. Um, you know, it's, it's something that, um, you know, people should, should really start to consider. And I, and I, yeah. you know, they are, you know, we're seeing it and I think the world's waking up a little bit and uh, well, it's exciting. Yeah, there, there's this, and we talked about this early on, it, it was a documentary that uh, when we were kind of first kicking this around, and I believe it's on Netflix right now, I was, I was looking online, oh, Amazon, it looks like it's on there, uh, it's called General Magic, and it was really fascinating uh, documentary about a Silicon Valley company who 
really in many ways invented the iPhone um, in the, I believe was the early, uh, yeah, about 1990, uh, just looking online. And it was this amazing device, but, you know, so it kind of documents this development process and just geniuses and they, you know, the, the leaders of the industry evolved out of this. I think Apple acquired them and a lot, or at least a lot of their people when they developed the iPhone. It's been a while since I've seen the documentary, but the one thing that stood out to me is they had this stretch to meet a deadline where their, their folks were working, I mean, they were sleeping under their desk. They were working 20 hours, you know, uh, a day. And there was like this, we're supposed to see this as some like heroic effort to put into this. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, this, this great, the push and to get this out. And then they got it out and it was glitchy as hell. Like, like, <laughs> Lots of bugs. <laughs> yeah, and my thought was this could have revolutionized, you know, if you think what, what, what if, you know, and obviously there were a lot of technological, you know, it's kind of like us. We're bringing, trying to bring HRV out five years ahead of probably when it would have, if we were trying to push it into the areas we were trying to push it into. But I just kind of, I, I looked at that. And I'm like, here's a well-funded tech startup. Like, what if they would have invested a little bit more money in hiring more staff? What if those staff, maybe they slept there, but they got eight hours of sleep. What if they were tracking their HRV? Because I would have guaranteed what would have happened, even though they had a lot of excitement, because of how, how they were eating, how they were sleeping, how sure. they were not exercising. Pressure, they had to be stress. way in the red this whole okay. time. Now, now you would think you have, wouldn't you have loved to get the baseline prior to oh, that project starting to know what their normal levels were and then it, sort of see exactly. how that impacted them? So, so at the crucial moment of this product development before the initial rollout, they they were a mess. And, and again, I think the documentary kind of sets them up as heroes. Like, oh, I mean, they have pictures of them sleeping all over the place and you know, get up and like, I mean, just downing coffee. And, you know, they, they had a level of brilliance where, you know, they could code better than, you know, you give me two years of coding, you know, in red than I would ever in green. But at the same time, it's like, could this, you know, if you realized, hey, the team working on this is a disaster right now, could they have made some choices along the way? And maybe the answer is no, because of where their funding was or whatever. But could they have even hired another shift to do some of the work and, and to have a whole lot of green folks working on this project could have changed like the history of technology with, with this just ingenious product that was too glitchy and not thought out enough for its time. And it just, it just kind of gave this case study of what we celebrate in the business world is not necessarily what is going to get you that return on investment. What we celebrate right. in healthcare. I was going to say it's not just the business world, right? Yeah, it's, look at these. It's what medical. These, look, it's look at look at how we train legal. physicians. We 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 run them into the ground. And in fact, talking to a lot of physicians, we we in some ways traumatize these folks. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, this is boot camp. If they if you can't survive this, you can't be a fit. Uh, bullshit. No, no. That makes no, no sense. Pairing somebody is a part psychologically and physically to be a healer makes zero sense. And I don't want one of those, those interns, those students being my physician if they're in red, right? Because one thing, if you screw up a phone, yeah, you, you could have, technology could have advanced at a much quicker rate. 
but you should go to surgery and I'm really pissed off at you, right? If, if I have the capability to even be pissed off at you. So so it's it's like, you know, to think about this across, you know, arenas and, and some, you know, you don't want your airplane pilots, you don't want your police officer, you don't want your physician or nurse, you know, because, because those people can really, really life and death situation, but you know, you know, the well-being of your company is in your hands every time you have a sales call. Like, you know, sure. and, and so yeah. it's like you start I mean, to look at this and it just like from that leadership perspective, knowing where your folks are would allow you to make strategic decisions. Like I said, I just wonder if General Magic, if this development, if they had a, a maybe it's even a smaller second shift where instead of 20 hours, they were only working 12 during the rollout. Could they have, you know, put out a product that could have revolutionized everything? um you know uh, well before the iphone so you know j- just an interesting example and a good documentary if you need something to, to watch over the the holiday season so <laughs> no i mean I, I think we both know the answer is you know the product would have turned out a lot better there's no doubt you know i mean as we all know product is is the market ready and you know all those other yeah. those external factors coming together for you but the product itself we can be very confident would have been yeah. much much better it seemed like if it would have worked, I, again, the, the iPhone would have been released 10 years earlier in some ways. Like I said, you got to sure. watch the documentary, but like that, that like, and, and just like the cost of what they did to themselves. And again, even through the documentary, nobody talks about it. Like, oh, we work is the best time. You know, it's like, no, you guys were, you guys were <laughs> screwing up right and left. And like, nobody's like, oh, because we were working 20 to 22 hours a day that nobody nobody when we don't make that connection hrb allows us to make that connection and really quantify it doesn't mean you're not going to have a a hard stretch like that would have been a tough stressful time anyway but boy if you would have invested you know several you know several of the hundred thousand dollars that the people are dumping into them on a shift to a second shift you know people got to go home and get even six hours of sleep you probably would have had a much better product. So, so it just allows us to ask these questions and hopefully, you know, that the, some of these next big rollouts, this is why I wish we were in the healthcare arena before COVID instead of launching on March uh, 3rd or 4th, whenever it was, you know, because I think we could have shown to people, yeah, over the summer, and I was encouraging people, you need to triage your paid time off. You, you need to get everybody you can on vacation um, obviously keep the ship afloat because it wasn't unstressful during the summer, but you, you gotta, you gotta take advantage before this coming wave that we all really saw kind of hit. So uh, again, hopefully this can give leadership a lot of insights and be a competitive advantage, uh, for those, uh, that are looking for it. It's another way to really maximize performance, decrease turnover, really focus on the things that really matter and, and, you know, improve results. That's right. So leaders, if you're listening to this, if you're leading an organization, you know, whatever type it might be, and you're, you want to learn more about how you can use HRV to, to help uh, do all the things we've talked about during the podcast, just reach out, um, you know, sales at Optimal HRV. We've got uh, free pilots that we, we offer for um, interested uh, potential customers. So, um, you know, let us know. We've had uh, a lot of great feedback from some of the organizations that have uh, implemented HRV as a metric to work with their employees and their, their customers, clients, patients, whatever it might be. So let us know how we can help. Please do. That's and it. check out the book too. We've talked a lot about it, but uh, you That's know, right. it's, 
still, you know, you could uh, buy the hard copy on Amazon uh, as a stocking stuffer. Uh, just think about young kid waking up on the morning, they go their stocking and they get <laughs> the heart rate variability book. Uh, it's every child's dream. It's the Elmo, Jeff. Of, um, there you go. It's the new Elf on the Shelf. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, as always, it's a pleasure. Love it. Everybody take care and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. That's it. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you're interested in more information about HRV, please visit us at OptimalHRV.com. Also, if you visit OptimalHRV.com, you'll be able to sign up for our email list and download our free ebook, Healing with HRV. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next episode.